Hey there, Darren Gallup here. In this episode of Why I'm Still Awake, I'm going to walk you through the anatomy of a scam. Why I Am Still Awake is a weekly podcast where I talk about the things I'm working on, the problems I'm solving, and other things that are keeping me from getting to bed at a reasonable hour. This episode is the beginning of a series about scammers and their scams. Okay, so let's dive right in. I'm going to start the series by giving you the overview of how scams work. And then throughout the series, I'm going to cover a handful of scams that I've had a front row seat at. Either they've happened to me, to good friends, family members, or even customers. So things we'll cover today include the anatomy of a scam. So what do all the scams share across them generally? What are the key indicators? In other words, what are the things that you can, you can watch for that are generally shared across most scams? Also want to talk a little bit about who these scammers are, where they may be, what do they want, why are they doing this? Then we'll move on to how you can protect yourself from getting caught in a scam and how you can protect your family from scams. And the final part, I'm going to talk a little bit about what does the future of scamming look like as technology evolves. Okay, so let's dive right in. So we'll talk first about the anatomy of a scam. So what do all scams generally share? So a scam is a dishonest scheme or fraud designed to deceive individuals and take advantage of them, usually for some sort of financial gain. Scammers can use various tactics and target different vulnerabilities to achieve their objectives. The anatomy of a scam can be broken down into several key components, so this is what we're going to talk about. The first one is target selection. Scammers often look for vulnerable individuals or groups who may be more susceptible to their tactics, such as the elderly, inexperienced investors, or people facing financial hardship. None of these things are always a key factor in a scam, but these are common traits. Anyways, let's keep going. Establishing trust. So scammers will often pose as some form of legitimate person, business, institution. Their objective is to gain your trust. So you being the target. They may use fake credentials. They may forge documents. They'll likely have well-rehearsed scripts. And most of the time, especially today, these scripts can be pretty damn good. Um, sometimes they even have websites and um, that look impeccable. They may even replicate the website of a well-known business. Um, so these are things that uh, they're, they're really going to go the, the extra mile to establish trust. There's usually a hook. So the scammers will present an enticing offer or some form of opportunity, often one that appears too good to be true. This might include investment opportunities with high returns, lottery winnings, you've won a cruise, job offers, or requests for help from someone in distress. Those are some, some, some commonalities there. In fact, a funny story, um, Several years ago, my wife got a phone call and it was from Air Miles claiming that she had won a cruise or we had won a cruise, which clearly I was like, there's no way we won a cruise. This is clearly a scam. Hang up the phone. In fact, in actuality, we did win the cruise. So um, anyways, just a little side note. Pressure and manipulation. 
Okay, so scammers will often use psychological tactics to manipulate their targets, such as creating a sense of urgency. This is almost always in these scams, some degree of sense of urgency. They want you to act quickly before you have time to think more about things or to discuss what's going on with friends or family. They want you to move quick before you point out or have the opportunity to be brought aware of these, of what they may be up to. They're often exploiting emotions or leveraging some form of social proof. So as we get into the scams um, that I'm going to cover in the series, We'll walk deeper in and you'll get some really great examples of how these concepts or these traits um, are going to be um, articulated across various scams. And and I'll make my best effort as we go um, to always refer back to uh, some of these concepts and how we see them and when we break down each scam. Communications. Scammers will use various communication channels. So um, this can be email, this can be phone calls, social media, uh, messaging apps, really no holds Bird here. In fact, recently just listened this morning to a news article uh, on the CBC about a scam in Ontario where they're actually even going to people do- people's doors and knocking on their doors. So any form of communication that exists is pretty much open for scammers to take advantage of. Information gathering. The scammers may ask for personal or financial information, which they're going to use to do something, whether it's some form of identity theft or gain access to profiles, social media, bank accounts, whatever. Extraction of value. So this is really, you know, why they're coming to the table to do this in the first place. Once the scammers gained your trust and the necessary information, they will attempt to extract the value. This could involve taking money directly from your bank account, convincing you to send them money or gift cards or valuables. It could be just gathering the information because they may have other intent in terms of how they will benefit from uh, that information or any other fraudulent activities. And you'll see some examples as we dive in um, deeper in the series. Then there's the disappearing act. So uh, once they've achieved their goal, then that's when you're probably not going to hear from them anymore. You may notice that their social media profiles disappeared or the email doesn't exist anymore. Who knows, but you're probably never going to engage with them ever again. Well, in some ways, if you're lucky. Then generally, there's a repeat and scale uh, concept here. So um, you're when you get taken for a scam or somebody's trying to take you for a scam, they may be in any phase of their cycle. Usually what scammers will do is they'll build a scam, they'll test the scam, they'll refine the scam, then they'll repeat and scale it. So really that's getting to the point where uh, they can take advantage of what they've built and, and, and garnish the most amount of value. So in many cases, get as much money from as many people as possible from the scam as quick as possible before it becomes a well-known scam. Um, most scammers or many scammers are running multiple scams at the same time. They're targeting numerous victims to maximize the profits. They may also adapt and refine their tactics based on the success of previous scams. It's pretty practical. Okay. So that's basically the high level of what's, uh, what we're talking about. A couple of key indicators that I want to touch on. The first one's unsolicited contacts. So anytime anybody calls you, you should be on guard. And even if they're pretending to be, and especially if they're pretending to be your bank or Revenue Canada or IRS or anything like that. So, um, you know, as soon as somebody contacts you or reaches out to you on any form unsolicited, you should always just be skeptical of that and make sure you're following some practices, which we'll get into in a little bit. 
the too good to be true. So anytime you're offered any opportunity that just seems a little too unrealistic, that should be a trigger. Pressure tactics, as soon as that sense of urgency is being, uh, you know, you see somebody pushing to move quickly, uh, that should trigger an alarm in your in your mind to dig a little deeper and, and, and be very, very uh, cognizant of what's going on. Any request for personal or financial information. So you never want to give anybody any information um, when they reach out to you until you validate it, that their requests are legitimate and they are in fact who uh, they are uh, claiming to be and, and that there's there's a clear reason why you, there would be a benefit to you or you would actually need to give them that information. So, um, you know, always be skeptical and, and, and don't give any information. Even when the bank calls me, um, if they can't validate who they are, um, I'm not going to give them information to allow them to validate um, I'll call the number in the back of my card and go forward that way. And, 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 and if there's a legitimate concern or something they're trying to reach out to me for, then uh, we can get to it that way. Payment demand. So, you know, obviously anytime anyone's asking you to give somebody money of any form, whether it's, you know, you know uh, conventional or unconventional methods. And when I say unconventional methods, like somebody trying to get you to wire money, gift cards, crypto, uh, you know, anything that would be more difficult to trace, obviously that should uh, ring alarms in your head. Poorly written communication. So if emails or messages seem to not have um, grammar that should, grammar or spelling that you would expect of the person. So if, you know, somebody by the name of John Smith is uh, misusing verbs and, and writing poorly and, and, and appearing as though maybe John Smith is not John Smith and maybe isn't an English-speaking person, for example. Uh, any of these poorly written communications should be a trigger. No verifiable credentials. So, um, you know, if, if somebody's unable to identify who they are and you're unable to um, authenticate that, then that's obviously concern. Emotional ma manipulation. So anytime somebody is, you feel like their story or the narrative or the direction the conversation is going is applying any sort of fear, sympathy, greed, or any manipulation that you feel is going on, that's a, that's a strong um, indicator. Inconsistent or vague communication. So, um, you know, and I'll, I'll get into that one of the more recent scams that uh, I, I came across and went down the rabbit hole of communicating and we'll see some really good examples of vagueness, but also inconsistency in communication. And those are always triggers that somebody's telling a lie when, um, you know, they're making stuff up and it's not aligned with previous stuff they may have shared or sh stuff they may have, uh, you know, you, that you may see on their, their fake website or whatnot. Too much personal information is another one that, uh, that's a, that's a trigger. And this actually comes back down to the emotional manipulation trait. So, um, you know, any, any excessive personal information, uh, something like that, stories to make them seem more believable, to make it sound more human, to earn or gain your trust. Yeah, so if you're seeing any of these signs, there's 10 of them, unsolicited contact, too good to be true, pressure tactics, requests for personal or financial information, payment demands, poorly written communication, no verifiable credentials, emotional manipulation, inconsistent or vague information, too much personal information. Any of those signs, uh, be on the look. Okay. Who are these scammers? Where are they? What do they want? Why are they doing this? So the, the, the truth is that 
is there anybody anywhere with any motivation? So they come from various backgrounds, locations. They could be down the road from you. They could be in your hometown. They could be in Israel. They could be in Pakistan. They could be in anywhere that has internet or phone, which is basically most of planet Earth. They can be also organized groups. So, um, you know, one of the what we'll cover in the in the scams, I've come across some that are actually full blown call centers, full operating essentially as businesses, and in, in, um, in the objective of of scamming people. Um, sometimes they're just one or two people or small groups. Doesn't matter. Um, really, can be anything, and they can be any range of sophistication from you know pretty sloppy, very unsophisticated attacks to exceptionally sophisticated. Um, organizations, organized criminal networks. Um, they may have varying levels of technical expertise. Um, yeah, it's 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 all over the map um, in terms of who they are, where they are, what they want. Generally, most scammers are looking to make money. That's pretty much the predominant objective. They may want to deceive you and try to manipulate you into parting with your money directly. They may want personal information from you, which they can use in other ways um, to gain money, maybe midterm, long-term. They may be trying to get access to valuable assets. Um, In the end, they're generally looking to make money. Why do they do it? Well, financial gain, um, it can be very lucrative. So some of these Individuals, organizations, uh, they make a lot of money. And that's quite, frankly, why they do it. It's also low risk, um, especially over the internet with a variety of technologies that are out there. The likelihood of them getting caught doing this versus, you know, walking into a store with, uh, with a mask over your face trying to rob the store or something like that. The risks are substantially lower. Uh, there's just uh, ease of entry. It's just it's just so easy. The tools, the services, the information they need, there's just very little in terms of barriers to entry for somebody who's interested in getting into this type of illegal activity for financial gain. So, um, you know, very, very easy to get in. And then the other one is just the state of the world financially, the the divide between the rich and poor, the variances between countries. There's severe employment opportunity challenges across the, the, the world and, and certainly more in some regions than other. Um, and the end of the day, desperation, desperate times, desperate measures. And so, you know, a lot of these people just really get into it because they don't have too much in terms of other options. So that's a little bit about who the the who, the where, the what, the why. So what are the best practices an individual can take to protect themselves from being scammed? Okay, so let's go through. I got 10 things. Be skeptical. Always approach any offer, uh, whether it's unsolicited or something you find. And so uh, most of the scams that we're going to talk about are, are, are the unsolicited offers where somebody approaches me or somebody else in, in the, these particular cases. But there's actually there actually are others where it may be something like a sales ad or a website or some sort of marketing, uh, some sort of way where I'm actually soliciting. So um, just be skeptical of everything. Protect personal information. So be very cautious about who you share any personal or financial information with. Verify legitimacy. So always before you engage, uh, and, and we'll cover this when we go through them, 
the individual ones more, always go through some research, some a couple of steps to verify. And I'll, and I'll touch on that when we walk through um, the various different uh, situations. Okay, the next one is be cautious about the links and attachments you click. So don't be clicking on things. Don't be clicking on links. Don't be opening attachments on emails unless you're 100% sure that the person is who the person says they are. And you know, look at the actual email address. Keep your tools, your software up to date. So your computer, your phone, your tablet, your browser, make sure that stuff is up to date. It certainly helps to have, and these are just common best practices for security. Make sure you have antivirus on your machine as well. Use strong passwords for everything. Use unique passwords for everything. Use multi-factor authentication on your accounts where you can. Um, monitor your accounts. So monitor your bank accounts. Um, go to find a service that you can use in your country that can monitor your, monitor your credit rating. Uh, that's a great practice. There's some there's services out there that are free. There's some that are paid. I use them all the time. It, it'll let you know if for some reason something's going on there that you're not aware of or there shouldn't be. Also, a lot of the banks nowadays have monitoring services. So with my bank, um, I actually, every time I use my credit card, I get a text that says, hey, you just spent X amount of dollars at this vendor. And that's a great practice. So I can always see if there's something that goes on that I didn't do, then I'll be able to catch that really quickly. Educate yourself. Stay informed about common scams, fraud tactics. Um, so, you know, you're doing that by listening to this series. And I certainly, as I come across new and creative scams, will be sure to add more scams um, to future episodes. Um, I find them quite fascinating. So... I'll be talking about them, so you can stay tuned for that. How can you protect your family from these scams? So educate your family. Um, one easy way to do that is share this series with them. Get them to listen to the podcast and they can educate themselves. Share best practices. So uh, if you don't or if people in your family don't know, for example, how to make, how to identify that the email address or the URL to check links, to keep their, their devices up to date, make sure, making sure things like antivirus are on the machines and that software being up to date, then you may want to, you may want to share some of those best practices or help them achieve that. And if you want to do that yourself, um, yeah, just, you can Google that, you can go online, you can use ChatGPT to get some practices on how you can, uh, you know, upskill yourself on keeping your, your devices, um, up to speed, you know, including not, not only just your machines, but also I'd mention, um, keeping your Wi-Fi network secure and your router and keep all that stuff up to date, uh, IOT stuff, just general security, um, really good practices. Open communication. So communicate with your family. Um, make sure that that you're, you know, educate people to talk. So if somebody's doing something that involves something suspicious, they should share. And it, having an open dialogue there is super helpful. Um, for family, uh, certainly for younger mem members of your family, uh, ha having parental controls set up on some of the devices is a good practice. And depending on what you're using, there's you know lots of research you can do there and looking on how devices can be controlled and you can look after your children a little better on, online. Um, regularly updating software, talked about that. Um, yeah, so really that's the, you know, education, sharing best practices, keeping communication open 
and you know for people in your family that are you know younger or more vulnerable uh, you may want to go a little further like I say with stuff like parental control and, and, and other types of monitoring that you may be able to do okay last point what does the future of scamming look like so will it increase well I mean we're kind of predicting the future but yeah I, I I think and I think most experts in the field will share the sentiment with me that yes this is going to increase because the economic divide and challenges globally in the world increase connectivity increases the tools that the scammers have access to increase quite quickly and now with AI artificial intelligence the scammers can get way more clever um, with how they do things. So I talked about how the, you know, looking out for poor grammar and spelling and, and language that doesn't seem like it's coming from a native English speaker. That is certainly something that AI can help you with right now. Um, so if somebody has poor English, they can simply write it into ChatGPT or, or some other form of AI like that. And it can do a phenomenal job at giving, correcting and, and, and improving and copy editing their communication. And it can be done very quickly. So they can certainly leverage this in real time uh, to appear as though they have a stronger proficiency or native degree of proficiency in English or whatever language the communication is happening. So, so yeah, increased sophistication, artificial intelligence. The, these there are things that, um, you know, big players in the space. And data breaches. So the more, every time there's a data breach and, data, and new individuals are discovered or the PII or more, more information about individuals is discovered, that's all stuff that these, these folks can use to go after new leads, new targets for them to go, you know, take their scams and just keep going with that. So, okay, so that pretty much covers it. So just a quick recap of this episode. We talked about the anatomy of a scam. There's 10 factors there that we touched on. We talked about the key indicators, like what are the things you need to be watching for and you know, what, what are the things that should ring a bell in your head and, and, and sort of spike your defensiveness and, in, 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 these, uh, in these activities. Who are the scammers? Where are they? What do they want? What are they, why are they doing this? And then we talked about how you can protect yourself from getting caught in a scam and how you can protect your family. And of course, the future, um, yeah, the future is more scams, better scams, faster scams, smarter scams. Okay, there it is, the first episode of Why I'm Still Awake. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a second and rate the episode or make a comment. And of course, feel free to share this episode with any friends or colleagues who you think may enjoy or otherwise benefit from it. Why I'm Still Awake is a weekly podcast that comes out every Wednesday morning. Next episode is the first showcase scam in this Scammers and Their Scam series. And this episode will be about the Grand Piano Scam. See you next week.